Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast is provided by Smart Recruiters. Smart Recruiters offer an enterprise-grade talent acquisition suite designed for hiring success. Future-proof your talent acquisition with a modern enterprise platform with everything you need to attract, select and hire the best talent. Over 4,000 leading brands like Bosch, IKEA, LinkedIn and Visa trust Smart Recruiters to deliver hiring success with them on a global scale. Visit smartrecruiters.com to take the first step on the path to hiring success. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 295 of the Recruiting Future podcast. All over the world, employers have had remote recruiting and remote onboarding imposed on them. Recruiting has gone through a forced accelerated digital transformation, and it's now becoming very clear that things will never completely go back to the way they were before. So, What should talent acquisition leaders be doing to make this shift a sophisticated strategic revolution to make recruiting better for everyone? Well, some of the answers can be found by learning lessons from digital disruption in other industries. My guest this week is Ariane Spies, head of recruitment at carnex.com. Ariane is taking lessons from e-commerce and applying them to recruiting in innovative ways, making this a must-listen interview. Hi, Ariane, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Matt. How are you doing? An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Yeah, sure. Uh, Ariane Spies, living in the Netherlands. Uh, currently, uh, I'm working for carnext.com as their head of recruitment. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm doing. Carnext has got a really interesting business model. Talk us through what Carnext does. Yeah, so if you look at the business model that Carnext has, is that um, the biggest problem people have acquiring or buying a secondhand car, high quality car, is that they don't know what what happened to the car when you when you purchase it. So the fact that what we do is basically get that uncertain element away because 
we put online the entire service history of the car. Now that getting that emotion out of the way, uh, we try to persuade people to buy a car fully online because basically what you do at carnext.com is you purchase a car online, you know what you buy, and it's get delivered on your doorstep. That's what we do. The really interesting thing about about that is if we were talking about this a year ago, my instinct would be, well, you know, that just feels like the wrong way to buy a car. If I if if I want to buy a car, I want to I want to see it, I want to sit inside it, I want to potentially test drive it. But obviously you're absolutely right in terms of the data and the history, I might not get that. Now, fast forward to to where we are in 2020, so we're in the in the in the middle of in the, in the middle of August and all of our lives have moved online and all of us are doing much more online than ever we thought would possible. And and this model now makes perfect sense. Is that kind of a common reaction that you that you find? Yes. Yes. Uh, obviously, the current situation we, we all live in around the globe, uh, if you look at what we do, certainly progressed. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, think about public transportation. People are looking way more on, on different ways of becoming mobile and not having to spend an awful a lot of time in, in areas where there are a lot of people. So owning a vehicle or renting a vehicle uh, be- becomes a, all of a sudden more interesting. We see that uh, in our numbers as well. Uh, the big thing is that if you look at from different age perspective, if I would buy my, if I would ask my dad or my uncle, you know, would you buy a car online? They would say, no, 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 no. I need to touch it, smell it, feel it. Uh, yeah, I need to drive it, as you said. If I ask my 14-year-old daughter, would you buy a car online? She looks at me weird and she goes like, I think that's a stupid question. Why shouldn't I buy a car online? I do everything online. Uh, uh, and then if you look at our proposition that, you know, we have your 14-day of trial period. Now, who has ever had a 14-day uh, trial trial drive when you go to a dealer or whatever? You know, you drive around for an hour and then you're done. Absolutely. And what's really interesting here is obviously we've spent several minutes talking about car buying and that's not something that the audience of this podcast is probably expecting. But the the, the the point here is, if you haven't got it already, is that the parallels to what's happening in recruitment are, are really, 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 really interesting in terms of remote recruiting, remote onboarding, hiring people who you, you'd never meet and doing things in a way that you wouldn't necessarily have imagined before 2020 started. Talk us through your perspective on that. What's going on with remote hiring? How does it relate to what you do with cars? And what kind of challenges are you having and solving? Yeah, so, so if you you know, if you know think about what we do as a, as a, as, as a company, uh, that was for me the re- main reason to actually join, join the company as their head of recruitment because there are so many similarities with, with, with getting that emotional 1,300 kilogram thing in relation to recruitment right uh, and then do it all fully online remote um, so so for for me in in that perspective recruitment for carnext will operate in the same way you know we will provide full transparency on what we do who we are uh, and we will give you the best candidate experience because we want to apply the best customer experience but as said, uh, people have a problem with, okay, how do I test drive? How do I know what's happened to the car? 
Now, if you bridge that to recruitment, I think that's where we face a lot of challenges with, with technology. Absolutely. Talk us through that. What's your perspective on how we can solve this and, and how companies can can kind of really embrace remote recruiting and, and make it work for them? First of all, I must admit that I hate resumes because that that, that doesn't show who an individual is. And, and it's the same with a car, right? You see a picture, it, it's not what, what you think you get. We should be applying way more assessment technology uh, in making sure that not only the company or not only car next uh, gets a better sense of hey who are we acquiring uh, to come into a job for us or have a career with us or a life-changing in, in uh, opportunity but it's also for the candidate to show you know are you really true as as a fit for us and I think that's where we will make the difference uh, in, in the upcoming weeks, months, uh, as we progress. Uh, we need to be way more transparent in why shouldn't I share uh, the assessment results of the hiring manager with a candidate? You know, this is an individual you're going to be working with. How do you like it? So that is something that we're currently trialing with, with a in, in car next talk us through that a little bit more how does that what does that actually what does that actually look like how's that working in practice well you know every what we see on a daily basis is that people say uh, uh you know people don't leave companies they leave their they leave their bosses you know i fully agree with that although sometimes it's the company as well uh so why why are we as companies we can ask candidates to complete an assessment but why can't candidates ask us to do an assessment? And how that will work is that basically if you have a role as a hiring manager, you need to complete the assessment that we give our candidates so you know what they will go through. And we will share with candidates at a certain point in the process uh, that this is the personality traits that your leader has or your potential uh, leader has. What do you think about that? What are the questions you have? Because you need to make these remote decisions today. You know, not only as a company, you make 100K investments ongoing when, when hiring people. You know, people are also in a position that I need to throw away my old shoes before I actually have tried out the new ones. That's absolutely fascinating. And I suppose what's really interesting about it is we're looking at a whole new way of thinking about and doing recruitment and and that really opens up the opportunities to to do things differently rather than just sort of taking the same old sort of habits and ways of working and just moving them online so i guess this is all part of how you sell the business to someone remotely what other aspects are there that you're looking at in terms of sort of reinventing the way that this all works yeah, so you think about digital readiness, right? If you need to work all remotely, and, and let me say that the most important thing to do this, Matt, is not only to, that we get more insights as a company, but if you look at unemployment rising across the globe, people are way, uh, up until like seven months ago, people were really, uh, candidates were really like, okay, do I want to work there? And what if I'm going to work there? How will it end up? And if you see unemployment rising and and Yes, there will be roles that remain scarce. People are way more throwing overboard some of their, you know, uh, knockout criteria for companies because I get that, you know, you need a job and you need an income. But at the end of the day, if it's wrong, 
you get an income, but it, it's not going to be working out in the way you would like to see it working out. And so uh, it's making sure that we both guide candidates to make the right decision in order to become successful. Uh, I think we should apply way more focus on that because everything is as flat as an iPad nowadays. So you can find everything you need to know online. Let's talk a little bit more about the role of technology in all of this. What technologies are you finding most useful? What would you like to see developed that would really move things forward in terms of recruiting in 2020 into 2021? um, I'm a big fan of everything that removes repetitive work. Um, You know, everything that if you think about process automation, if you think about marketing automation, uh, the automated planning, which we can do uh, today, you know, if you think about assessments, you know, if you progress to stage, whatever, uh, you can can automate your assessments uh, in that kind of way. So uh, I'm, if I would need to pick out one technology that truly, those are two, to be honest. The, the first one that I use on, on a daily basis is, is labor market intelligence. Uh, and I do that through various ways. I do that through intelligence group, others uh, out there that have talent, obviously LinkedIn, talent insights, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, but that's the kind of technology that I'm using on a daily basis. That, that is uh, one where I base all my foundations on. But, and the other one is, marketing automation and because I look at technology usage in a way that e-commerce organizations do and the marketing automation and together with labor market intelligence that will decide how we basically fill the funnel with the right quality uh, to make sure that we hire the right individual for us as a company. And talk us through the assessment stage a little bit. What kind of technology are you using for that? So if you think about technologies in, in relation to assessments, uh, there are a lot of cool products out there. Uh, if, you, if you think about tailorized, gamified, game-based assessments, which, which I love because they're always language neutral. The current technology I use is, is QT from Aon because it has a combination of very old school uh, assessment-based for certain roles works perfectly, but they also got these gamified assessments, which were really cool on the other side of the, the spectrum. And the, the reason why we work with QT right now is because they have so many languages available, which we need to have so that we make sure that every candidate who applies at a job uh, can do his or hers assessment in their natural, in their you know, in native language. So, and, and that is automated because, you know, we tie it into our ATS and then we say, if somebody progresses from stage X to stage Y, it triggers it and the candidate automatically gets the invite to complete. And we will not schedule an interview for the next stage if he or she has not completed the assessment. So there's not an awful lot of reminding in that process. Um, potentially, I forgot to mention that I have a supply chain background. And I'm, I'm always looking at where can it go wrong through human error and can I remove it through technology? Uh, one, one wise leader of which I had in the past says, Aryan, you don't get to pick a technology to solve your problem. You find out what your problem is and see if technology can change it. 
and uh, I use that on, on, on a weekly basis. Where is my problem? Do we have technology that can help us to prevent that error from happening again? Uh, and if so, then what's the business case around it? And then we're going to be selling it to our CFO. And, and I think uh, we should look at different parts of organizations or businesses or pieces of the world, uh, how they apply certain technologies. Because, you know, we, we live in this HR tech, recruitment tech bubble, and we don't have an eye for what does marketing actually uses? What is e-commerce using? Uh, what kind of tools and techniques are supply chain people using? Now, I've learned so much from that when I was looking at it into e-commerce organizations at my prior job. Is that like, why, why aren't we using that? Because it's not even needs to be an HR tooling you're using. It can also be something from a different piece of an organization what you need to use. So, so I would encourage everybody who listens, look around in your organization talk to people, what they do to either figure out what, what happens with data, how to improve customer service, uh, candidate experience, because, you know, customer service is nothing different than candidate experience. Is there a kind of a specific example you could give us of something that you've sort of taken from the, the broader world of e-commerce and applied to what you do now? Yeah, so when I was, it was about five years ago, uh, six years ago when I was rolling, rumbling into this talent acquisition world. Yeah, because I, I don't have a long life history in HR or talent acquisition slash recruitment. Um, when I started to look at, at, at an e-commerce organization, which we had in our business seven years ago, I noticed they were measuring everything. Everything. You know, from from views, clicks, time spent, drop-off, that kind of stuff. And up until today, I'm still using all what they do on a daily basis. I want to know every single thing that happens on our career page. I want to know every single thing what happens on our adverts, our content, our socials, and track that until you are able to track it so that you can re-engineer everything to make sure that the quality hires or the hires in general, uh, you know where it happens, you know where it comes from. Ask people, why are we asking an NPS score to customers, but not to candidates or hiring managers? It becomes more common today, but I think everybody should do it. I just think we're afraid to hear what potential candidates or hiring managers have to say uh, when you think about your own service. I'm for one which isn't afraid because if you don't ask, you can't learn. But, you know, things like NPS in, in customer service, uh, if you look at sales, how do they measure revenue and that kind of stuff, you know, spend versus, we all need to do apply those simple rules in talent acquisition. And, and then you can build the fancy content or the nice campaigns, but then at least you know where to build those campaigns and how to measure it, how effective it is. Absolutely. So we've talked about 
marketing automation we've talked about assessment we've we've talked about ways that you're that you're selling the the offer of the job and the company remotely in innovative ways to people what about onboarding what's happening now when you're sort of bringing in people into the company when we're still in this working from home or or socially distanced period of time yeah so onboarding is still one where i think we can we can improve from our, from our perspective you know we, we do our best you know we have we have everything available that we can do if you think about you know the the, the video conferencing tools the, the chat tools whiteboarding tools learning uh, etc but what what you still see is that we find it very hard to get culture across that's the one in the onboarding phase where you truly you know that's running on your new sneakers and then you say you know how are they feeling and uh Functionally seen, it's very easy to onboard people. You go through, we, we, we go through a very strict set of these are the systems, these are the tools, these are the processes. And these are, uh, th- those are divided into buckets for certain pieces of the, the business. The one where we struggle is in the first month, you see that people really, really are in that functional funnel to people where they talk to. It's very hard to talk to cross-border or cross-functional spaces because that's something that nearly doesn't happen. And in the old days, uh, it was very nice to do that during lunches or office time. You know, you would see, okay, that's that department, this department, they're doing that over there. So we're uh, basically what we're currently doing is we already have a lot of teaching, uh, teach-in going in our organization. So every week we have at least two teach-in where everybody can actually do a subject on what they're either working on or what happens in their part of the business. So we record those teach-ins. And for all the newcomers, they basically have this entire library. Now, after, what is it, 25 weeks? Uh, This entire library of people from various elements of the business talking about what they do, the projects or the functionalities, you know, people. um, And... You know, that, that is just published through the very simple method of Microsoft Teams and Slack. Um, so, but but I would like to see that, that that will be the next thing that we will wrap onboarding. What does the future look like? I mean, obviously, there's a big kind of ongoing debate at the moment about whether this is the end of offices for certain types of work and or whether people will be returning to offices. I suppose working on the assumption that, that people will return to the office in, in some way, shape or form for this type of knowledge work that we're talking about. What does the future look like? Do you, what aspects of this new way of working would you hope to retain and what would recruiting look like in? in two or three years time obviously that's that's kind of hard because i i'm very uncertain how we will shape work in the future is it office uh it's it's, i i think the shape shaping of work doesn't have anything to do with with offices but it's you know do we have how do we will we we shape work and the way we shape work is going to be determining how we will shape uh, recruitment I think what will stay for us in recruitment is that I've applied and my team have applied so much work in making sure that both candidates and hiring managers are comfortable in making decisions in these periods. Um, That is one that I'm very certain for me, at least, that that will stay because I think that's the dominant role we currently 
play as talent acquisition or recruitment uh, is to make sure that both sides of the table are created. We, we create comfort with both the candidate and the hiring managers that they're making the right hiring decision. That is one that will definitely stay. And that is one that I totally believe in the near future needs to be an ongoing thing for improvement. Arian, thank you very much for talking to me. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. My thanks to Arian. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow us on Instagram. You can find the show by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search through all the past episodes at www.recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.